Lord. Oh, man. Quickly hold your Bible. Lift it up. If you're reading from your cell phone, hold your cell phone. Uh, uh, iPhone's a little higher. Samsung a little lower. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer. And not a doubter. A doer. Not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word. And my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Are you, are you excited? Are you ready? Yeah. Remember, we've been talking from Romans chapter number 12, verse 2. And the Bible is very clear. It says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world or don't be poured into the mold of this world. How many of you know that life situations, life circumstances will melt us all every now and again? But here's the blessing. We get to choose the mold we fit into. Yeah. You can either be blessed or cursed. You can either be better or bitter. You can become a victor or a victim. It's totally up to us. Amen? Amen. And God says, don't be poured into the world system, the mold, but be ye what? I did not hear that. He says, be changed by how? By the renewing of your mind or by changing the way you think. Amen? So that you may be able to prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. We've been at it for the past, I think, five weeks now. So if you didn't listen to the first one, the second one, the third, and the fourth, please make sure you go to our website and check them out. They're all there for free. Amen. And Joshua 1 verse 8, again, we read it last week. He said something interesting. He said, this book of the law shall not... Depart out of your mouth. In other words, you are to speak God's word how many times? All the time. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate therein day and night and observe to do everything that is written in it. And then shall you make your way prosperous. Prosperous. Man, I like the word prosperous. God wants you and me to prosper. The church will reject and fight a message of prosperity from the gospel, but they are quick to embrace poverty. Church folk will fight you if you buy a new nice car. But they will think you are spiritual when you are calling them to ask for jumper cables. Mm. <laughs> Only church folk. The church world will fight you for nice things. But when you get... You know, ugly, nasty thing. Say, yeah, you are spiritual. Just hold on, brother. Just, you know. There's nothing spiritual about that. He says, then shall you prosper and have good success. And he talks about meditation. And the word meditation, again, in the Greek, in the Hebrew, it's meditatio, uh, which means to matter. It means to churn. It means to spin. You know, the, the way to get the good stuff from milk is to spin the milk. Man, when you spin that milk, what do you get out of it? You get butter. Amen? But you have to spin it over and over again. And it's the same thing. When you take a truth from God's word, and if you want to get the good stuff from it, you have to meditate on it. Watch this day and night. And as you do that, you will begin to produce good stuff for your life. You can say amen to that. Amen. And it also, uh, you know, when a, when a cow goes out to graze, 
It's the same word. When he goes out to graze, he usually puts it in the first and the second stomach. And when he gets home in the evening, he throws it up. Someone say gross. <laughs> and he eats it again. What is he doing? He's, he's, he's muttering, he's chewing it again so he can get the nutrients out of it. And the only way to get the good stuff is to come here, hear a word, but when you get back home, spin it again. And stay on it until it starts producing for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. And today we're moving right along. So let's go to Isaiah chapter number 26, verse 3. Man, I encourage you to take all the teachings that we have uh, uploaded on our website in the past three, four weeks. They're all there for free. Amen. Watch what it says. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And, you know, when I read this scripture, I was like, Lord, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. How can I keep my mind stayed on you? How do I do that? Do I, you know, get outside of my house and look unto heaven? What are you doing? I'm keeping my, you know, my mind stayed on the Lord. Just looking unto heaven. How do I do that? And God told me, you keep your mind stayed on me by keeping your mind stayed on my word. Remember John chapter number 1 verse 1? What, what does it say? In the beginning was his word. And the word was with God. And the word was... God and His Word are one. Just like you and your Word are one. God's Word is good. So you know what that means about Him? It means He's good. And if your Word is no good, you know what that means about you? See, because you and your Word are one. That's why they say your Word is your bond. Amen? Amen. And how do you keep your mind stayed on him? By keeping your mind stayed on his words. Not the facts, not the opinions, and not the circumstances. And when you keep your mind stayed on his word, he says in 10, I will keep you in perfect peace. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to Second Peter chapter number 1 verse 2. Second Peter chapter number 1 verse 2. Thank you, Jesus. So don't pray for peace. Hunt your neighbor and tell them, don't pray for peace. Just keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Watch what it says. Grace and what? Peace be multiplied unto you through the... I didn't hear that. The way to step into a, an abundance of grace and peace is by getting knowledge. And here's the equation. More knowledge, more grace and peace. Little knowledge, little grace and peace. Pastor, I would rather you just lay hands on me and I get peace. That's not the Bible formula. Pastor, I would rather you come up with a bumper sticker that says peace and at the bottom, faith you church, and at right at the bottom, apostle, tafara, butai, that I can put on my car so I can get peace. That's not how peace comes through the Bible. Pastor, you can do a, a, a magnet for my fridge that I can just, you know, you know, put in my house and I have all the peace that I want in the world. That's not how it comes. <laughs> Amen. He says, I'll keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on me. In other words, if you think of my words all the time. 
When you're confronted with sickness, what's the thing you should think? Isaiah 53 verse 5, He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I am healed. You stay there and think on that, and perfect peace will come into your life. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Man, it's going to be good today. Psalm 91. Watch what it says. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Notice he didn't say, He that visiteth. Do you see that? Can you see it? He says, He that dwells. And that word dwell simply means He that stays. That's the you know, English uh, uh, equivalent that we use in our day to day in this world. You know, we don't say, where do you dwell? We say, where do you stay? And he's saying, he that stays in the secret place. How do you stay in the secret place of the Most High God? Or how do you stay in the presence of God? You know, I used to think this is a feeling, you know. The presence of God is here, man. I feel, I feel, you can feel goosebumps. You can fall under the presence of the Lord. But guess what? God is everywhere. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God will not leave you nor forsake you, but you can leave God. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying, he who dwells or he who stays in my presence. How do you do that? By keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. I have a teaching called practice in the presence of the Lord. The same thing. Keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. Keeping your mind focused on God will keep you in God's presence. Watch this all the time. And he says, he who dwells in his presence shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty or shall stay under the shadow. That word shadow is the Hebrew word defense. When you stay in the presence of the Lord in your mind, consistently pondering on God's word, God is saying, you will stay in my defense. So it's not God's call on, on, on us saying, you know, when you do this, I'll do this. God is like a man standing with an umbrella and it's raining everywhere. You know, life circumstances are raining all the time. And God is saying, if you dwell here, you will be dry. So it's not on God's call to say, no, you know, I'm waiting for you to do this, then I'll do No, God has already said by grace, if you do this, you'll be dry. And we have to respond by faith and step into that place of, you know, uh, uh, protection and, and covering. But a lot of the people, you know, would rather take their chances. Lord, I know you're there with the umbrella. I can see you. As long as I can see you, I'm going to, you know, hanky-panky around over here. And when it starts raining, I am sure I have enough speed to run for cover before I get wet. And you know what? They continue to go further and further and say, man, at least I can see him. And then they continue to go further. Man, I can see him. Man, I can see him. And when it starts raining... They run back to God. No, God is saying, He didn't say, He who visiteth. He says, He who dwells. The call for us is to dwell. Amen? I said, Amen. He says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Man, you have to abide in the Lord. Let's go to John chapter number 15, verse 4. Thank you, Jesus. 
John chapter number 15 from verse 4 to 7. Watch what it says. Abide in me. Do you see it? He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I like this. The only work you are supposed to do as a child of God is to trust Him and follow instructions. Man, I'm a grace teacher. And the only disconnect that most grace teachers teach is to say, man, don't do anything. No, you must respond by faith. Remember, you are saved by grace through faith. Remember Romans chapter number 5 verse 2, For we have access into His grace, how? By faith or through faith. Our faith is the response to God's grace. And he's saying here, your faith act is to just abide. Just stay. Next verse. Abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. In other words, if you don't stay in his presence, there is no fruit. Hallelujah. Next verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth how much? Much fruit. For without me you can... I didn't hear that. Do you see that? Man, the church, we have to get to a place where we realize without God... We can do no thing. Nothing. Without God, you can't do it. Without God, I couldn't even preach this sermon. Without God, I couldn't even get here. So I have to commit and give my total reliance to God for me to be able to live this Christian walk. Because without God, I can do nothing. And if I can do nothing, I will become nothing. Amen? Next verse. If a man abides not in me, he is cast, cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire. And they are burned. Next verse. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. How do you know you are abiding in God? Because his words abide in you. Amen? I said amen. amen. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Let's go back to Psalm 91, verse 2. Watch what happens to a man that abides in God and let his words abide in them. When you abide in the Lord, this is what happens. You will say of the Lord, L-O-R-D, can you see it? Jesus becomes Lord over your life. For a lot of people, Jesus is Savior, but for a few Jesus is also Lord. Lord simply means He tells you what to do and you do it. Lord simply means you get your instructions for life from Him. Remember what He said? He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? I am not your Lord if you don't do what I say. Amen. But when you abide and let His words abide in you, you will have the fortitude to call Him Lord. Watch what happens. You say, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Next verse. Surely, 
He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He's simply saying, man, when you make his words abide in your heart and you make his presence your dwelling place, God will begin to fight your battles. He will deliver you. The noisome pestilence just simply uh, means the plague of the day. Amen? And, and the, the, the snare of the fowler, he's talking about, you know, how the dangers of life. This is how they used to trap birds back in the day. Amen. This is just a trap for the bird. And he's saying, man, I will deliver you from the snare of the fowl and from the noisome pestilence. Next verse. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings shall you trust. His truth shall be your shield and butler. Next verse. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Next verse. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. And he tells you why all of this will happen in your life. Next verse. Because you have made what? The Lord... Capital letter L-O-R-D. Which is my refuge, even the most high, thy what? Not visitation. You've made him your place of dwelling. You've made him your, your, your proof of address. <laughs> Amen. When they say at the bank, bring proof of address. Your proof of address will say God's secret place. Because you stay there so much, you can't help it. You have made him your habitation, not your visitation. Next verse. There shall no evil befall you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Next verse. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, and the young lion and the dragon. Thou shalt trample under your feet. Because he has set his love upon me. This is God speaking now. And he says, because you have set your love upon me. How did you set your love upon him? By making his words abide on the inside of you. How do you show that you love God? You take his words and put them on the inside of you. And he's saying, because you have shown me that you love me. Therefore, will I deliver him. I will set him on high. In other words, I will promote you. Amen. You won't have to self-promote. Amen? Amen? Man, I don't have a business card as a pastor. And I've never sent an email to anyone to say, Are you, you are this church, you know, my name is Pastor Tafara and I'm looking to come and speak at your church. Connect, let's connect. No, I don't do that. You know why? Because God is my business card. The Holy Spirit knows my number, don't you think? Yeah. He will give it to whoever he needs to have it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, I will set him on high because he has known my name. Next verse. He shall, call upon him, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. Next verse. And with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Someone shout, I possess long life. Someone shout, I will be satisfied to the full. Amen. 
So man, staying in the presence of the Lord is keeping God's word in your mind. While you're working, you know, you're meditating, you're thinking about God's word. And you press into his presence. Amen? I said amen. amen. Man, this is available for all of us. Did you read that? He says a thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand side, but it will not come near you. Amen. All you have to do is abide. That's the only condition. Hallelujah. Let's go to James chapter number one, verse five. If you take it down north, write this down. The word of God is our source of faith. James chapter number 1, verse 5. Watch what it says. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. And abrade it not, and it shall be given to him. Next verse. But let him ask in what? Faith. I didn't hear that. Faith. I did not hear that. Faith. I did not hear that. Faith. Let him ask in what? Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Next verse. For let not that man think that he shall receive how many things? Is ten round a thing. That man, that brother who wavers, he is not even getting five rand. From the Lord. Let that man not think that he will receive anything. Because he wavers. Let me show you what wavering is. It's going to tell you. Let that man not receive, uh, not think that you shall receive anything of the Lord. Next verse. A double what? See, the source of faith is in your mind. Your mind is a reflection of whether you have faith or not. Man, growing up, I used to think, you know, faith is this feeling that comes up on you just shoo, and then you feel like, ooh, I have faith. Man, I have faith. Ooh, I feel like I have faith. And I used to think that's faith. No, faith is a state of mind. If you're double-minded, you're in doubt. In other words, if you believe, uh, you know, by his stripes I'm healed, but, you know, the doctor's opinion is also strong, you're not in faith, you're double-minded. And he's saying, let that dude, let that brother not think that you will receive anything from the Lord. You know why? Because he's wavering, like the wave of the sea. You see why most people are not receiving from the Lord? Because we are of two opinions. Remember what Jesus said? He said, if, if your eye or if your mind be single, then your whole body shall be filled with light. We have to have singleness of purpose when it comes to operating in faith. God will do it and that settles it. If he says it, I believe it and I'm expecting it. Regardless of what you think. Regardless of what the newspapers are saying. Regardless of what other churches are preaching. He is the God of the impossibility. This is why the Bible describing uh, uh, Abraham's faith. He says he was fully persuaded or he was fully convinced where does convincing happen in your mind are you fully convinced that it is god's will that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul pro are you fully persuaded or you take double opinions you know when someone comes to you and say oh man this church is they, they must preach hell you know, these churches are preaching, you know, prosperity. They must also preach hell and tell people you are going to hell. They must also preach sin and so on and so forth. Are you of double-minded that you start pulling out and say, man, I don't want this abundance because, you know, people are going to criticize me for having God's best. 
Because if you are, you're double-minded. And that's the reason why you're not getting it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He says a double-minded man is unstable in how many? How many? Some of his ways? Only the tough ways? He says this dude who's double-minded, he is unstable in all of his ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's like a dude who, you know, comes to church and uh, Greg preaches that fire message on giving. You get a goosebump and then you want to act on giving. Eh? You act on giving, but you're double-minded and you become unstable. Because guess what? You want to do it, but you're also of the mind of, man, I, I might run out. Instead of, hey, I know this dude said if I give it, it will come back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall man give unto my bosom? I'm going to put my trust on that. And then when you do it consistently, not in a double-minded manner. Because if it's in a double-minded manner, unstableness. Is that a word? It's coming at you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is this good? Yeah. Hunt your neighbor and ask them, are you double-minded? So, <laughs> it says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Relationships included. Have you ever been people who are uh, unstable in relationships? Here is the cure. Oh, let me give you an example. Double-minded man. Are you married or are you not? Do you know there are people who are double-minded about that? Are you married or you're not? I'm sure ladies can confess. Can confess. Dude, are you married or you're not? Ah, you know, you see, yeah, yeah. Are you in a relationship or not? Ah, you see, you know, you see, you see. That's why they are unstable in all their ways. You know why? Because they are of two minds. Amen? Okay, moving right along. So faith is not a feeling. Write that down. It is a decision to completely trust God and what he says. Remember, we always say 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight simply means of the five senses. And faith simply means of the word. And when we say we walk by faith, we are saying we walk by the word. And not by what it looks like, what it smells like, what it tastes like, or what it hears like, or what it feels like. We walk by the word, regardless of what it tastes like. Amen? I said amen. amen. Faith is not a feeling. It is a decision to completely trust God and what he says. Faith is what keeps us afloat in life. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Amen? Faith is the currency... For our lives. He didn't say the just shall live by their salary. He didn't say the just shall live by the groceries. He didn't say the just shall live by their earnings. He says the just shall live by faith. See, all you need is faith. That's all you need. Yesterday we met with the elders and, and Pastor Trevor said something he has never said before in life. <laughs> as, as, as the elder who runs our finances for the church, he was sitting there saying, man, I want to tell you all, we have cash. 
He's never said that. You should have seen every HOD in that meeting was doing this. Like, yeah. Now I'm sending all my requests to you. You know? But what am I saying? What I'm saying is we didn't start where we are. I mean, Sister Amanda and them will tell you, we started two, three people. My wife and I used to put together coins at the end of the service to try and pay our landlord for the service. Couldn't pay for the whole month uh, 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 to meet here, let alone two services, let alone three rooms. Amen? But we put our trust in his word. Kept giving, kept sowing that seed, kept doing what we're called to do. Man, never went into gimmicks. We've never closed the door and said, yeah, we are raising 200,000 and no one goes until you pledge something. <laughs> never done that. We've never sold a raffle ticket Amen. in this church to try and raise money. You know why? Because God is our source. Amen. And if he's the one who has called us to do this, he must pay for it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Never called someone to say, Oh man, this church is about to shut down if the Lord doesn't... Oh No, no, no. Just put your trust in the Lord and not put pressure on people. Yeah. That's what a true minister of the gospel does. Yeah. And that's what a true child of God must do. Amen. Put your pressure on God and not on your husband. Yeah. Okay, alright, alright, alright. Okay, okay. Amen? So faith is what keeps us afloat. Man, I was telling the early church, you know that A380 Airbus? You know the double-decker? That thing has the, has, has the gravity of a rock. But you know what keeps it going? It's the force of the engines. And it's the same thing. What keeps Christians afloat? The just shall live by faith. What keeps you afloat is the force of faith. Man, you stop that faith operating in your life, you is going down you're going down because it's the faith of God that keeps us afloat that mindset that says man I'm gonna trust him all the time amen let's go to Hebrews chapter number 11 is this helping someone if you're taking down notes, write this down we don't just walk by faith until we get the sight we really desire we walk by faith, period. When sight comes, we praise God and keep walking by faith. Was that too fast? Good. Get the audio. <laughs> Amen. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 6. So this husband and wife, you know, they decided, man, everything we're going to do is going to be by the word of God. You know, we're not going to do anything in this house except it be by the word of God. So the wife came back from a, 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 a designer life. The women conference came back home and said, Honey, you need to make tea. Because the Bible says, you are the one who should make tea. Yeah. And the husband said, Man, where is that in the Bible? And she, she said, Go to Hebrews. Yep. I went to Hebrews. They see Hebrews 1. Hebrews 2. <laughs> Hebrews 3. He's still brewing 4. <laughs> He's brewing 5. <laughs> There it is, brother. Brew the tea. Amen. Where did I tell you to go? Hebrews 11, verse 6. Okay. There it is. I want us to read the first one, two, three, four, five, six words. Okay? The first six words. I want all of us to read it together. Let's go. Ready? Read. But without faith, it is impossible. Stop right there. Let's read it again. 
But without faith, it is impossible. Stop right there. I said six words. Let's go again. But without faith, it is impossible. Notice it didn't say without money. Let's read it one more time. But without faith, it is impossible. Pastor, you know, I'm trying to change my husband. Let's read it one more time. But without faith, it is impossible. Pastor, you know, I submitted a, a job application for this job. Let's read one more time. But without faith, it is impossible. You know that tent that you, you, you submitted an application for? Let's read it one more time. But without faith, it's impossible. Your business going to the next level? Let's read it. But without faith, it is impossible. Your job promotion? An increase? But without faith, it is impossible. Having a godly household, a godly marriage in your house, everything, man, just flowing and the children are going in the, growing in the wisdom of the Lord. Let's read it one more time. But without faith, it's impossible. Notice it didn't say without faith, it's going to be hard. He didn't say without faith you're going to have to try harder. Did you see it? He said without faith, it's not happening. Amen? Do you see it? He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, let me ask you a question. If the man is not pleased with you, do you think you can trick him into answering a prayer? He says, without faith, it's impossible to please the man. If you don't come to him believing that he will do what he says he will do, the man is not pleased with you. And if he's not pleased with you, you can't trick him into answering a prayer. Sympathy will not work, ladies and gentlemen. Manipulation will not work, ladies and gentlemen. Only faith. Amen? Without faith, it is impossible to please him, God. For he that comes to God, what's that word? Must. M-U-S-T. You don't have to come to God. You can go wherever you want to go to. But when you decide you're coming to God, it becomes a divine imperative. You must. There's no other way. You must believe he is. You must believe his existence, and not only that, that he is a rewarder of they that diligently, not haphazardly. Not when they feel like it. Diligently. Those who are diligent in their seeking will get rewarded. Did you see it? He who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of they that diligently seek him. Amen? Now, if you continue reading in Hebrews chapter number 11, it is what we call, commonly known in the Christian circles, as the Faith Hall of Fame. Amen? This is where all the men and the women that operated by faith were uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Would you want to be inducted in the Hall of Fame? Man, in the NBA, in the basketball, they look at different criteria when it comes to people they induct. In the, in the Hall of Fame, you know, if you're Steph Curry, they look at your three-point shot, man, just your dribbling skills, your assists, if you're, uh, 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 um, uh, who's the assist king? Uh, uh, 
Come on, help me out, someone. Uh, no, not Scottish Beaven. Who? Stockton. Stockton. John Stockton. Amen. And the king of dance. Who might be the king of dance? You know, Carter. Vince Carter. Amen. And they say, man, let's induct this dude because he has a special skill in this area. Amen. And these dudes, all the way from Genesis to Revelations, when they did their inductions, they looked at one thing. Just one quality. And watch this. All of us have this quality. But they were choosing based on those who used this quality. The whole church, the whole, everybody. The Bible says in uh, Romans chapter number 12, verse 3, He has given to everyone the faith. Everyone. In fact, let's go there. Let's go to Romans chapter number 12, verse 3. Romans chapter number 12, verse 3. Watch what it says. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to how many? I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. Come on, preach with me. And he's talking to people in the church. That's, how he, that's who he's addressing. Because if you read in Romans chapter number 1, he says to the saints who are at Rome. So this letter was written to the saints. How many saints do I have in the house tonight? Just today, just lift your hand. See, all of these saints, he's talking to you too. Primarily, he was talking to the ones in Rome, but you qualify because you are a saint. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And he says to every man, he has given what? The measure of faith. Did you see that? Notice he didn't say he has given to every man a measure of faith. Because that would have been different. What you get and what I get. But he says he has given them something called the, the standard. Everyone got the same measure of faith. Everyone has the same measure of faith, just like everyone has the same number of muscles in their body. But my little girl cannot do what I do with my muscles. You know why? Because I've learned to use what I have. And I've been using what I have for the past 35 years. So if you look, you think I'm stronger and I have more muscles. But the real deal is we have the same number of muscles. I'm just using mine and I've been using mine for a longer period. So in the church, everyone got the same measure of faith. Here's the problem. Some haven't been using theirs. And some have been using their faith muscles for a longer period. And this is why they have grown so much in faith. But everyone has the same number of muscles. Everyone has the same measure of faith. So no one was put at a disadvantage. God is not a respecter of persons. Someone shout, I have the faith. I have the faith. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter number 11. Let's now go to verse 7. Hebrews 11, verse 7. I want you to read with me those two words. Ready? Read. By faith. I did not hear that. By, faith. By their qualification? What did it say? By, faith. By the color of their skin? What did it say? By their position at work? What did he say? By faith. I was talking to Tate uh, on Thursday. We had a meeting. And he was saying to me, Pastor, the one time I came to your house, and my wife and I had been talking. We were getting ready to leave the house to go and buy fruit. 
you know, because our daughter was saying, man, I want this fruit and I want that, and we didn't have it in the house. So we were, you know, just getting ready to go, and then Tate came to the house. He pulled up, and as he pulled up in the uh, garage, my daughter went outside. Hey, Uncle Tate, how are you doing? We, we're leaving. We're going to the shops to buy some fruit. And there Tate said, man, I don't think you're going to have to go and buy more fruit because I brought you guys fruit. And then as he narrates, Tate says, when I was driving, the Holy Spirit said to me, just buy some fruit and take them to Pastor T. Didn't cost him over 200 rand. And then in the same day or in the same week, he says someone called him and said, hey, you know what? God has instructed me to pay for your car installments for the whole year. For 200 rand worth of obedience. That's what it is. Oh, by the way, I'm not saying bring fruit to my house, alright? Everybody just, Pastor, I brought these bananas. Because these installments, these installments are killing me. <laughs> Amen. It's like Pastor, man. Amen. It's, it's obedience. I don't know what the Holy Spirit will say to you. Maybe you'll be standing in, in pick and pay. And that old lady standing in front of you is trying to put together money. And he'll say something. Will you obey and do it? Because if you do it, I can guarantee you, it's called a faith act. What it is, is a response to a grace instruction. God always moves by grace. We have to move by faith. We have to respond to the instructions, to his instructions by faith. Amen? So by faith, two, two of those words, read them again. Everyone inducted in the Faith Hall of Fame is started with these two words. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. That word fear is not talking about fright. It's talking about reverence. Amen? Reverence for God. He moved with reverence, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world. And he became heir of righteousness, which is by what? I didn't hear that. By what? Even your righteousness is by faith. Go to verse 8. Two words again. Read them out loud. Man, it doesn't say by their background. It doesn't say because they were born in this household. It simply says it was their faith. What is faith? We told you already. For faith is complete trust in the Lord and acting on it. Amen. You believe in your heart and you act faith. Faith is released by actions. That's why the Apostle James said, show me your faith without actions and I'll show you a dead faith. Amen. Amen. We act this faith out all the time. But not with God. You know, I always tell you, man, you go to a doctor. The doctor will say you have this. But for you to cure this, I'm going to write you a prescription. And then usually they write gibberish that none of us can read. Can anyone read a prescription? Except, of course, the doctor here. She'll be like, yes, pastor, I'm the one who writes it. 
Can anyone read that thing? But guess what? You take your life and guard it with everything you have, man. And you take that thing and you go to a pharmacist, never met the guy in your life before, you give it to him. And you say, man, I'm here to buy this thing. And then that dude will take that thing and he goes to the back and he comes back with a bottle of capsules and he says, man, you must take these things three times a day after meals. And after seven days, you should be feeling better. And then we take that thing, man, and we go home. None of us in here ask, ever ask the dude, you know, what's the chemical composition in these capsules? None of us in here ever get home and even Google it. What did he give me? Let me check what it is so I can really see if it's really real. But over here, when God says jump, say, Lord, jump really if it's you Lord let the dog back three times before I get to that corner show me a sign Lord but we never asked for a sign from the you know pharmacist show me a sign show me a sign has anyone ever been cured by taking show me a sign but when it comes to God, man, we throw in all these opinions and it stops the flow of the power of God. Two words, by faith. By trusting what God said and doing it. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. He went out, read those two words with me. He went out. I didn't hear that. He went out. Read them again. He went out. In other words, Abraham did not have the benefit of reading verse 33 where God said, Look, there is a ram caught in the thicket when he was about to strike his own son. He didn't have the benefit of reading the preceding chapters and the, coming, the, the chapters that were coming forth. No, he just obeyed not knowing how God was going to do it, but he was fully convinced that the God who had promised was also able to do it. Man, faith does not completely know everything that's going to happen after you spend that 200 rand. But it knows something will happen. I mean, Abraham, he had a tough task, man. Went back home, said, honey, I just spent time with God and God told me to pick everything up so we can go to a place and then the wife said oh you spoke with God? He said yeah he said what place did he tell you to go? He said well he said he will show me said, but chief you're saying you spoke with God right? why didn't you ask me? What, what, why didn't you ask that? I mean he was in front of you right? and he told you go and pick the bags I mean <laughs> That's what a logical man would do, right? Ask God, where do you want me to go? I mean, the wife is asking, said, man, I don't know. God just said we should pack and go somewhere. And then they packed, and as they were going, God began to give them further instruction. You know why? Because God doesn't give you the whole way instruction. He instructs your, your, your step. The Bible says the steps, not the rod, not the, the way. God instructs the steps of a righteous man. He tells you to tell. I mean, God is not, is not under obligation to give you the whole way if you're not obeying the next step. Otherwise, you're just going to become more indebted to Him and His instructions. So if He says, 
today. What we want you to do is to give. If you are stuck on, ah, Lord, I need this. You're going to be stuck on, Lord, I need this. Because there is no reason why God should tell you to do the next thing when you haven't obeyed the thing He's told you now. For the simple reason that it's easier to steer a car that's moving than the one that's stationary. It's easier to tell a car that's moving, yeah, let's turn left. I mean, a car that's moving, you can even make mistakes, but thank God it's moving. We can bring it back. Man, in your faith, obedience, sometimes you make mistakes, but at least you're obeying and making moves. At least you're laying hands on the sick. And, and at least you're doing, you might be making mistakes, but at least you're doing something. You're trying to cast out some things off of people. At least you're doing something. And it's easier to work with someone that's doing something than someone who's stuck and stationary and stuck in their ways. Amen? Let's go back to Hebrews by faith. Verse 31 and 32. Thank you, Jesus. Those first two words, read them out loud with me. Come on, read it like you're in the 10 o'clock service. Notice it didn't say by money or by prowess or by... It says by faith. By faith, the halot. If you don't know what that word halot means, it just simply means the prostitute. Man, this faith can even turn around the life of a prostitute. That's how powerful this faith is. It says by faith, the halot perished not with them that believed not. So you could read this the other way. Those that believe not, perish. Those that don't live by faith will come down. Amen? I said amen. amen. By faith the hallowed Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Thank you, Jesus. So faith, verse 32. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon by faith, of Barak by faith, of Samson, but all of these used their faith. That's why they were inducted in the Hall of Fame. Of Jephthah, of David, and of Samuel, and of the prophets. They all operated by faith. Let's go to Romans chapter number 10, verse 13. Is this helping someone? Romans chapter number 10, verse 13. Watch what it says. It says, for whosoever. Someone shout, I'm a whosoever. Notice it didn't say the apostles. Do you see that? Man, Christianity, the word of God qualifies everybody. 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 You know those churches, they like to... Uh, give the big sofa to the pastor. Make you seem like, you know, he's the one who carries it all. You know, the big sofa, the, the, the front, the big sofa, the pastor. Make you feel like, hey, maybe he's the one that carries it all. No. Whosoever. Someone shout out, man. Whosoever. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anybody. Anybody. Next verse. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? So the first place is to believe him. And how shall they believe in him 
whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? This is where I come in. I must make you hear the glad tidings. Amen? Of the gospel. So that you can have confidence and boldness to enter into the throne room of grace. Where you can obtain help in times of need. Next verse. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Have to be sent by God to preach this message. As it is written, how beautiful, someone say beautiful, are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. It's the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. And the glad tidings of good things for today is every one of us have the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ and every one of us are qualified to operate in it and every one of us can radically transform our lives only if we start using that faith isn't that good news man it's awesome news because it doesn't say you know you have to go to Israel or you have to wait for Pastor T when he goes to Israel and write your prayer request and then you put it in his satchel and as you walk down into the river Jordan you'll be praying for you and then because you, you might miss Pastor T. <laughs> Amen? Your prayer request might get lost at Postman, right? And then you are in trouble. I'm so glad, man. I already have the faith. So from this place, going out of that door I can start operating differently and expect different results because I already have it I don't have to wait for some oil straight from Israel man the church the body of Christ has become a place of manipulation you already have it start using it Start using it. Start operating by faith. Take God's... If He says jump, just say how high while you're already jumping. And He will put wings on you on your way down. Amen? Next verse. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? This was Isaiah's challenge as well. Lord, no one seems to believe this report. Next verse. So then, faith comes by what? And hearing by? But you have to hear the word of God. And faith will come. Amen? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by? Not hearing by opinions. And let me tell you, Satan has never created anything in the world. He uses, his, his master skill is to counterfeit whatever God does. And so, as faith comes by hearing, fear also comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Fear comes by hearing and hearing the word of the enemy. What is the word of the enemy? The word of the enemy is, you are inadequate. The word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The word of the enemy says, man, they are not hiring people like you. They are not promoting people like you. The word of God is saying, man, 
If you, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, He will lift you up. In other words, there is promotion. He will say, man, promotion does not come from the east or the west, for it is God who lifted up another and put it down another. And if you are faithful in the least, He will bring you into much. That's what the word of God will say. But the word of the enemy will say, it's tough. And if you listen to the word of the enemy on Twitter, Hashtag, if you follow the hashtag tough times, guess what everyone else will be talking about? Tough times. Man, we were beaten 5-2, was it on Tuesday? Man, I didn't even follow that hashtag Wenga out. Because I know everybody's sad and mourning and just, oh man. And people were sending me, man, some, you don't even have to look for bad news, do you know that? People were sending it to my phone, Pastor T. I just thought to let you know that yesterday you were beaten again by Bayern Munich and it's now 10-2. Like I haven't done maths. And this is Wednesday. And you think it's done by Wednesday, right? Thursday they're still at it. Man, people that I pray for, People that I love with all my heart, they're reminding me. Amen. It comes to your phone. They will find you with bad news. Amen. And the same way faith comes, the same way fear comes. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you.